Podcast. If you're not listening to Podcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the Podcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Welcome to the Spies Like Us episode of the Podcast. Allison and Eric join me this time, and this is a movie that I'm not sure any of us thought would hold up very well upon rewatching, but uh, well, we were wrong. Uh, this movie is consistently funny from beginning to end, and it might not be filled with huge belly laughs, but it is a fun, goofy 80s comedy. Uh, that said, I think we all agreed that this is really barely a movie. Uh, it's just sort of a bunch of individual scenes or sketches held together by the thinnest of plots uh, as a through line, uh, but it seems to work. So here we go, breaking down the 80s almost classic, Spies Like Us. Spies like us. Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. We've got a very special assignment for you two. This is my sister. You can all have her. You also call me? That's a good idea. Let me see that. Hey, come on. Honestly, you two are unbelievable. Stop Every minute you don't tell us why you're here, I cut off a finger. Mine or yours? Yours. Chevy Chase. Get us the hell out of here! Dan Aykroyd. To think my high school guidance counselor said I'd never amount to anything. Spies like us. We're Americans! Uh, Spies like us. December 1985. Uh, Here's the no-nonsense plot. This is one of my favorite ones so far. It's super to the point. Two bumbling government employees think they are U.S. spies only to discover that they are actually decoys for nuclear war. The end. Yep, that's all you need. That's a good one. That's mm-hmm. all you need. No nonsense. Uh, okay, this is 85 December. I believe I saw this in the theater. I know I was you know, in junior high, psyched to see it. Um, uh, I don't remember the circumstances of seeing it, but yeah. uh, I definitely saw it as soon as possible and loved it. And even going in the trailer, all the clips of the training montage and the, the cheating mon- uh, scene and then all the, de- the desert stuff I was in from the get go. Uh, it was, she was a huge movie in like my junior high. Yeah, I don't think I saw it in the theater. I'm trying to remember if I even saw it in high school. Maybe I did, like, on cable or something like that. Um, I can't say for sure I saw it in the theater, but it was PG, so I'm assuming it did. Yeah. There's no way I would have waited until a year later when it was on TV. Yeah, I I can't imagine. I remember more the song being on the radio. Oh, really? Yeah. I have 
<laughs> much to say about the song. <laughs> well, no, something to say about it. Yeah, yeah I, I was only I was only nine years old when it came out, but at the same time, I very much remember when it came out. Somehow, even though I was only nine years old, that movie was very much on my radar and I really wanted to see it, yeah. even though there was not a chance in hell that I was ever going to get to see it. So I didn't see it for the first time until I think I, I was in high school when I finally saw it. I think it was when it was when we finally got direct TV at the house and it was on cable. That's when I saw it for the first time. Wow. Yeah. So this is a year after Ghostbusters. So, yeah, you know, Dan Aykroyd and that style of movie, that, that feel of movie um, was out there, out and about, and uh, I was all over it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I definitely did not see it in the theater. I want to say it was on cable or maybe a rental um, when I was in high school, I think. Yeah. So this was written by Dan Aykroyd. Uh-huh. Dan Aykroyd and Dave Thomas from SCTV. Wendy's? Yeah. <laughs> not that not that Dave Thomas. No relation? <laughs> he is the, uh, for British Eyes Only, oh, bad guy okay. uh, from uh, Arrested Development. For British Eyes Only. Uh, Charlie Theron's yeah. dad or whatever, yeah. right? Um, so it's a Dan Aykroyd production, essentially. Uh, he came up with the story and, and wrote most of it. Uh, this is one of me- this qualifies, I think, is one of many of Dan Aykroyd's things he produced that are associated with or have bits and pieces of uh, the paranormal or aliens or that type of supernatural stuff in it obviously the spies spy like us has only a little bit of it it's the alien scene when they're trying <laughs> to distract him from the, the nuclear which is so ridiculous but so he has things like and i only have a few here but obviously ghostbusters right ghostbusters 2 coneheads ghostbusters uh the uh the, the reboot in 2016 he's involved in that any and all Ghostbusters stuff, video games and cartoons right. and whatever, he had a hand in all that stuff. Okay. Um, TV series, the Psy Factor, PSI Factor, uh, Chronicles of the Paranormal, Hotel, Hotel Paranormal. Some of this stuff was Canada, some of right. it was U.S. He comes from a long line. Like his family is a bunch of, quote-unquote, spiritualists. Um, his father wrote a book called A History of Ghosts. Oh, I think I did. I, I can't remember. It, you and I may have talked about this at one point. I'm, I'm trying to he think of when it would have come up. But this like was like legit, a, deep, deep into yeah. this paranormal, supernatural, aliens, but also ghosts and spiritualism. Yeah. And his father and his grandfather are famous in Ontario from for holding all kinds of seances yeah. and like spiritual guide stuff. So that's like Dan Aykroyd, his whole thing. Yeah. 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 Wow. So when I saw that scene in, uh, uh, I was like, I'm like, Oh, that connects a little bit, you know, 
it's only one scene, but still. Um, I thought that was weird. And then this is directed by John Landis. Right. Great director, especially of comedies in the 80s. Yes. He, among his uh, credits, uh, and they're all pretty much focused in this time period, like mid-80s to mid-90s. Kentucky Fried Movie, Animal House, Blues Brothers, American Werewolf in London, Trading Places, Twilight Zone, Three Amigos, and Coming to America. And Spies Like Us. He sort of fell off the radar a little bit with the Twilight Zone. Right. Because that's where the helicopter crashed and it's on it's on screen and it's in the movie where it there was a malfunction in the crashing helicopter effect or whatever, the practical effect, and it killed uh, the actor and one or two of the kids he was with, like chopped their heads off. <gasps> oh my like, oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Or it was severe and so he was sort of he started he needed do, some time. He was doing a lot less movies yeah. after that. He's still out there. I oh think, my god! So John Landis, all over the place, huge director. If you see these movies, they all have his feel. Yeah. There's a lot of um, like core casting that he picks from here and there. I mean, right? BB King is in this movie out of nowhere, and he's in Blues Brothers. I think he appears somewhere. I don't know that he's, he's in Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah, so I was thinking about that. There's a couple other movies that they did, I think, where he was in as well, though. Yeah, so I was trying to think about why the heck is B.B. King in this movie? It's great, weird stunt. Yeah, but I think I got the connection, but I don't want to jump the gun on something that you might be saying. This is going to be a freeform deal. Originally, it was supposed to be Dan Aykroyd and Jim Belushi. Yeah. To be in this and John Belushi or John Belushi, sorry, John Belushi and John Belushi died like 82. Yeah. Yeah. So before they started production. Yeah. And so then I'm like, so is that supposed to be like some sort of like spiritual nod to (laughs) John Belushi as because it was going to be like the Blues Brothers actors yeah. in this movie and they wanted to fit him in and it's just a I don't think so I read about I saw something that John Landis and I think Aykroyd did maybe not Aykroyd but John Landis did some other movie around this time that included BB King and John Landis apparently is famous for bringing in people from other like a bunch of other directors and we'll talk about the the list of doctors in that in that yeah. scene um, he brings in a bunch of people he knows guys he's worked with as little cameos and just little yeah. throwaway scenes there's like a thousand cameos and, and King is specifically directors but yeah. okay i don't I, believe there's a, a a deeper tie to it yeah i just i thought that was just I, I mean i get like a bunch of directors i get other actors that he might have worked with before but i couldn't figure out the bb king and i'm like well maybe it's because john belushi was supposed to be in this and it was some sort of a yeah. blues um, note or whatever that they put him in, and I mean he's he's not known for acting, so having the cameo like that was like as good as it was going to get. Yeah, he certainly doesn't do any acting in this movie. Either. No. Uh, okay. So watching this, we've said this before, especially with Ace Ventura. Um, 
this movie holds up 100%. <laughs> it's as good now, I think, as it was in 85. It's there are some scenes that I will giggle at the same way that I giggled so, the first time watching it. Eric, we're watching this, and <laughs> it was Allison was rewatching it because she fell asleep during this part uh, the first time. But the cheating on you know, the you test don't have to broadcast that. Well, the cheating on the test oh part God. is such insanity. It's so out of the gate. Ridiculous. Just the door opens and those two clowns are standing in the doorway, shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> and, and just getting in the room, it already starts. Chevy Chase <laughs> starts pulling out cheat sheets and starts cheating. Like, even before that. Right away. Even before right away. that, walking in saying, I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, I, I was at the reading of a will and I had to wait till the end and I got nothing. But I mean like <laughs> this is a guy who's why why even go through this whole explanation? Like this it's is a guy just ridiculous. Who sits down and <laughs> before he even reads the first question, he's he's cheating. He starts putting <laughs> pulling out stuff. Eric, did, did that does that seem resonate with you as much as it did with us? Because we were out of our minds with that. Yeah, it. I I, enjo- I enjoyed uh, the Chevy Chase and the ridiculous like the uh, cheat sheets like behind his eye patch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. Not- but I I it uh, it drives me nuts the way how Dan, everything about. Dan Aykroyd's character leading up to that, you would think he wouldn't want anything to right. do with such a, right. just a friggin' mess that is Chevy Chase. But for whatever reason, he goes along with it almost to yeah. the point where you th- almost think that they know each already knew each other at this point, yeah. that he's so willing to help them. It's not a tightly written script. I mean, let's be honest. No. This right. Is, you know, uh, the character development is minimal at best, and clearly uh, Dan Aykroyd's character would not be involved in any of this stuff, but he helps Chevy Cheese, che- Chevy, Chevy, Cheese? <laughs> Chevy Chase cheat so quickly and so often and so freely. Uh, Chevy Chase doesn't know what KGB stands for <laughs> in this agent test. It. That whole, when he starts crying and then flailing around and he's like, you know, I can't, the pressure and he gets up and he's flailing around and he leans over somebody, somebody says to me, he goes, what number is it? And like, just like starts like writing and copying down. Can I borrow your pen? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and when they're rewatching the tape. Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd um, hand, like, gets up out of the desk, ha- is handing him the test, and then like goes into the whole thing. And Chevy Chase's reaction to watching, like yeah. seeing it on there, and he like turns off the TV really quick yeah, yeah. is <laughs> is so good. But I don't want to gloss over Frank Oz. No, that's so that, that's where yeah. we have to spend some quality time with. Uh, <laughs> 
a an understated but great performance by Frank Oz. It's so good. And and I like the exchange between um Emmett Fitzhume and the monitor go <laughs> about the wallet. Yeah. And there's a thousand dollars. Yeah, there's a thousand dollars in my wallet, or maybe there isn't. <laughs> and the response from Frank Oz is is so like irritated and insulted that it looks like Chevy Chase is about to start laughing. Like he's reacting to Frank Oz's indignancy. Frank Oz is so good in this part. Uh, As small as it is, I had the hardest time recasting him in our (laughs) recasting part, except for, you know, other guys. Uh, There's no reason to recast him. He could play that part again today. I know. And, yeah. That's the, the default is just have him do it again because it's right. fine. Um, I was blown away by the just colossal size of the video cameras uh, in the wall. <laughs> Those doors to, yeah. opening up. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a two by three by one foot box of a camera tracking it's ridiculous it's like the Even screen cameras you would see like in disney world to scan like a big giant area and it's in like a 20 by 30 classroom like it's, it's the, not <laughs> it's the size of an unmanned drone yeah. like it's huge yeah. it's absolutely huge um yeah uh, the the farting <clears throat> that he does at the beginning of the test <laughs> Which I don't normally laugh at that kind of humor. What I what gets me every time is him then making everybody think it's the other right, guy. Right. Like that's the part that's super funny. And that it's, guy is so like irritated. He's yeah. got to accept responsibility yeah. and excuse himself for it. It's so good. It's insane. <laughs> and then so the other segment that stood out to me, uh, and it was in all the trailers, and as a, a 13-year-old, 12-year-old, um, I was, we quoted it all the time uh, after seeing the movie, was the uh, training montage with uh, uh, Bernie Casey as the, oh. the sergeant or whatever, the colonel. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, when they <laughs> say like uh, you know vertical impact simulation, now oh, yeah. they just go yeah. off and they <laughs> crash into the ground, drop them. jump the, into the bomb um, training. Yeah, what is it like G force? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that whole thing is so stupid, uh, it, but it works every goddamn yeah. time. And what the, and, the ability to hold your breath. We lost it, Eric. Oh, the uh, the lung capacity test where they just drag him behind a speedboat. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Want to see how long you stay afloat? Oh yeah, that's what it is. It's how long you can stay afloat? <laughs> <laughs> it's all ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. And I have to say, after they get out of the G force um, simulator or whatever. That them walking down the hallway is yeah. all Dan Aykroyd. He like yeah, yeah, yeah. he loves that yeah. kind of yeah. ridiculousness. Yeah. yeah. That that's totally. just that's his style. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, this has Aykroyd's fingerprints all yeah. over it. I mean, obviously. Um, so, <laughs> eighty-five box office, or yeah, this is it. I guess it's eighty-five. Yeah. Um, but that puts yes, yeah, but like us, the number is I guess artificially low because it came out in December, so maybe it didn't have the legs to go. But whatever, it did not make the top ten this time. Yeah, I don't think it. I yeah no. So I don't think it's has the universal appeal. Spies like us was number twenty. Okay, that feels right. At thirty five million. Okay. For domestic, uh, let me run through the top ten. I'll just do the names, not the numbers necessarily. Yeah. Eighty five. Back to the Future. Whoa. Beverly Hills Cop. Whoa. Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Whoa. Here's the real uh, juggernaut. Rocky IV. Ooh, Montage City. <laughs> Cocoon, Witness, The Goonies, uh, Police Academy 2, their first assignment. I'm, I'm good with all of those up until the Police Academy. Yeah. yeah. Fletch, oh. number nine, and A View to a Kill, James Bond. Wow. 10. So I wrote this down in the other section, but we're going to pull it up. Um, in 85, Chevy, remember that, we, we did uh, uh, Ace Ventura last, right? Yeah. Uh, and Jim Carrey had a three-run movie in the same year, I think, right, with uh, Ace Ventura and The Mask and Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber right? Yeah. Chevy Chase uh, rivals it uh, in 85. He throws down Spies Like Us, Fletch, and National Lampoon's European Vacation in 85. Whoa. Although, with the exception of Rusty, that movie is really tough to watch. I know, repeatedly. but it did well, I'm sure it did well enough. Um, yeah. But three... Popular, uh, like yeah, popular. Say, yeah, quote unquote significant, I mean, that's yeah. uh, movies in one year uh, for a big star. So yeah. he owned that year. Yeah. Spy, uh, so Spy Like Us made $35 million dollars. Cost twenty two to make, so not a not a money maker. Exactly. Wait, say that again. Cost twenty two, made thirty five. Yeah, twenty two million. Guess that making those satellites go was <laughs> <laughs> yeah was where they spent the big money. Those cameras. I guess on location somewhere could be uh, satellite animation. Yeah, that, Making that drive-in movie teams work. <laughs> All of that. The Atari special effects. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. All uh, the cameos, maybe? Okay, Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. What do we think the audience gave Spies Like Us? Audience. I'm going to think the audience gave it... So, remember... It's what percentage of the audience gave, gave it a, it a thumbs, up. thumbs up, basically, and what yeah. percentage gave it a, you know. I'm going to say two-thirds gave it a thumbs up, so I'm going to say 66. All right. Eric? Dang, that's a pretty good number. <laughs> um, I'll say slightly better. I'll go 75. Okay. Three out of four. Interesting. Rotten Tomatoes score... By the audience, they gave it, or it ranked a 
56 percent Ooh, it is oh wow I'm envisioning that for critics, for sure. I would have thought audiences, it would have scraped by as fresh. I thought, I would have said 70, easy. But yeah. Uh, So what do you think for the critics? Oh, 45. (laughs) 45. E? 40. Oh my God. The critics... Gave this movie a 32%. (laughs) So, not really well received. A, it didn't make much money. And then B, it didn't rank very well with uh, the audience or the critics. So, Although, people who know it like it. Yeah. But I... It's probably a movie that draws people in that like Chevy Chase's humor or like Dan Aykroyd's humor. I don't know that they're universally funny to people, at least these kind of movies. No, but stuff like Ghostbusters, you know, those things, big, broad comedies, this is in that vein by similar or the same people. I I feel like this is quirkier. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes it a little bit more niche. This movie is more, it's less of a movie and it's more of like eight skits, skits, sketches, uh, eight scenes put together as opposed to a movie. It's not really, there's a story that goes through it a bit, but uh, it's like, Eight individual scenes, like it is. It's the, like sketch comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, or it's a, like a special episode of SNL or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So this is the trivia segment of. And okay. This is let it's. This is the opposite of most of our movies, where I have less trivia and I have more. Um, uh, equal uh, tidbits about casting. Okay. Um, but so we'll, I'll go through a little bit of trivia stuff I have. This movie was inspired by the Bob Hope and Bing, Bing Crosby movies, uh, the Road Two movies, uh, apparently. Um, thus explaining Bob Hope's brief three-second oh, cameo. cameo of walking through with the golf. Golf yeah. club, golf ball. Playing through. I never understood. Yeah. I, I, Bob Hope, Hope was a thing. We all knew about him. Right. But I didn't know why he was in this movie, what that meant. Yeah. So the road to, I had to look it up. Uh, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby did like, I don't know how many, a dozen. There's like four or five of them. There's it, I, I think it's, several. it might be more than that. Like it could be six, eight. Um, the road to whatever uh, city or destination or, or place. Uh, and all these buddy comedies, the road to this, the road to that. Uh, so this was apparently inspired by those or an oh. homage to those. Hmm. So hence Bob Hope appears. Interesting. Okay. I had no idea that Bob Hope was involved with that stuff. It's also interesting that Bob Hope would agree. Oh, yeah. So that's another thing. I think this, well, I'll get there in a minute, but I think this movie is 
largely put together by, hey, do me a favor. Hey, friend of mine be in this movie. Hey, why don't you play this doctor? Hey, uh, Well, based, I mean, based on thing. what you were saying earlier, it sounds like that's it. The whole movie is based on favors. Yeah. It's, not, yeah. it's not a traditionally cast movie. It's not. Uh, the film originally ended with the destruction of the world. Uh, but test audience didn't like it. So a newer, happier ending was shot on a soundstage in Burbank, hence the bad green screen at the uh, end with them saying, yeah. you know, uh, uh, can I borrow your tent or whatever? Um, right. Whereas clearly it's shot in the snow and they're there doing the thing. And then they, they sub in these green screen moments in Burbank that were later after, added afterwards to uh, sort of make it a more friendly, fun movie. But... Originally, they blow up the world. <laughs> I want to see that ending. I want to yeah. see that ending, too. If it was shot, why, yeah, why can't we... I know. We need to have um, the, uh, the whatever... The John cut. Landis cut? No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Landis cut? Yeah. Uh, so we talked about John Belushi was originally going to be in the movie, and he's not. Um, okay. Here's... This is one case where I, I'm sure a favor was called in. Okay. Paul McCartney yes. was brought in to do the quote-unquote title song, Spies Like Us, for this movie, which appears nowhere in the movie except the closing credits or the right. very end of the movie. Uh, it's a horrible, horrible song. Yes. Uh, yeah. It peaked at number seven in the U.S. and number 13 in the U.K., um, it's a bad, it's a bad, bad song. Uh, I watched the video for it. <laughs> Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Is he phoning it in? He, uh, I can't tell if he's phoning it in or what, but he looks like like an 80, 80s sitcom dad, like trying to play a musician. Like he just like, he, like he's trying to oh, play God. up in the video and try to. Like bad sweaters and uh, oh, no. the, the, the whole thing is bad. Um, that ha, the only way that could happen is if it was a, a favor to a friend. So the the thing that I saw about that uh, Paul McCartney is that he also wrote the theme song for James Bond "Live and Let Die," of course. Right, and so they called in the favor to have him write the theme song for another spy movie. I, I know sure, I, mean, but I get the, I get the connection and why, but there must've been like some money slid on the this table. Is like, Aykroyd, that's a lot of firepower. Or John Landis saying, dude, <laughs> that's where that's, we, if this we, movie cost 22 million, 7 million right, had to right, go to Paul right, McCartney to write that right. song. We need, some juice for this movie. It's not going to, it's, it's not what we think it's going to be. We need a Paul McCartney attachment to it. Do you think if this came after this, you said this came the year after Ghostbusters, like were they just looking to try to get another song, theme song to hit the chart? They should have called Ray Parker Jr. then and done that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I don't know. To me, that's, that's the, it so, him and that song so don't fit this movie. Right. I don't 
I mean, clearly they didn't love it enough to put it like in the, in the opening title or opening credits or the opening yeah. scene. Um, the missile at the end of the movie is targeted uh, at Detroit. Hmm. Why would it be DC or some other strategic location? Motor City. Well, Dan Aykroyd has some tie to Detroit. Oh. The, the movie Doctor Detroit. I don't know if there's something there or whatever, yeah. but yeah. Mm. Of all the places I'm going to hit first, Detroit's not on the short list at all. No, I mean, it's, especially now, but even then, like, yeah. oh, okay, great. Um, okay, well, I want to get to this in a second, but an entree to my take on the all the doctors and the cameos. Uh. One of the doctors is named LaFong. Okay. Last name's LaFong. Uh, this is a name used by John Landis in this movie and also in the Blues Brothers and Blues Brothers 2000. Oh. Uh, the name LaFong comes from the movie It's a Grift. I've never heard of that oh. movie before, but it's a John Landis thing apparently. Oh. So. Just He's just trying to fit it in somewhere? I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> he and Ackroyd love LaFong and want to put it in all three of their oh movies. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I've got one thing that I had looked up because I, I was really obsessed with the names of the generals and like the military guys. I so didn't like see anything about that. Colonel Rhombus, I was like, and then there's it's General not- Slime, which I'm, I was thinking like, okay, Rhombus is kind of like, it's got angles and like it's rigid and then like s line so i would like this guy is kind of like blurs the edges the the general in terms of like discipline so i was like trying to figure that out and then migs i'm like look migs doesn't mean anything but the other two do like why is that and i found something about it hang on i don't his last name is not rhombus it's rhombus rhombus yeah but i think it's rhombus (laughs) I looked it up. Uh, it's R H U M B U S. Got it. But don't, don't they say rhombus from. though? Oh, I, rhombus, 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 rhombus. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know. But anyway, but I, it, yeah. it was close so, enough that I'm like, it's find? such a weird thing. So what I found, it was it's connected to the Ace Tomato Company. <laughs> okay. And so the Ace Tomato Company is based on a real company called United Fruit yeah. that is now Chiquita Banana. And there was General Meigs is a reference to this like business magnet kind of guy his Good by the Lord. name of Henry Meigs. Yeah. Who's the uncle of the founder of the United Fruit Company? And so it was. So it was. um, And the United Fruit Company and Chiquita Banana were like well known to be like fronts for CIA operations. Okay. And so they took United (laughs) Fruit. I know it's a little. I know, but. It's, that's where it came from, is United Fruit was a real front for CIA operations. They came up with Ace Tomato. Meg's is the name of the founder, or, one of, or close to the founder okay. of United Fruit, and General Meg's right. is connected to Ace Tomato. 
Okay. So that's where that's <laughs> that's it. Which again, knowing that the other line or the other names were unique enough that it just caught my attention. I, mean, I wanted to see if there was anything. General there. Sline, General Miggs, um, Colonel Rumbus, Rumbus. Uh, Mr. Ruby, Mr. Keys. Like uh, they, they're. A, I believe the Ace Tomato stuff, uh, the rumbus and the slime, I don't know about that. Yeah. The Migs, sure, fine, but yeah. uh, I don't know. Um, okay, so some of the cameos and appearances in this movie. We talked about a few of them. Bob Hope is Bob Hope. Frank Oz is uh, the, the test monitor. monitor. Yep. Um, uh, B.B. King is the Ace Tomato agent. The security guy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one of the doctors, excuse me, is Terry Gilliam from Monty Python, who is also a director. Yep. There's like 87 directors in this. Aren't yeah, there? He, he, he threw a bunch of directors. Yeah, and they're all security guards at the drive-in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ray Harryhausen is a well-known special effects, uh, movie effects guy. He was one of the doctors, Dr. Marston. Um. Uh, one of the drive, two of the drive-in security people are Joel Cohen's of the Cohen Brothers and yeah. Sam Raimi, uh, director. Yeah. Uh, and then this is not really a, a cameo, but uh, the younger Russian girl, uh, woman agent, or at the uh, the bomb site or the uh, missile. Uh, is Vanessa Angel from uh, Kingpin. Oh, that's where I've seen her. Yeah. yeah. That, it was her first movie. This was her first movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything on your end, Eric? Uh, yeah, I just more directors. Um, yeah. Like, you know, uh, Michael Apted, I can't remember... Yeah exactly what he directed, but Martin Brest, he did uh, Beverly Hills Cop and Scent of a Woman. Cool. Yeah. Wow. And Someone had to do it. And Geely. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. Um, all right. It is time for Recasturbate. Better close the door. It's time to recasturbate. So the name, the ones I have on my list, we all know, but just to refresh ourselves, are Emmett Fitzhume, Chevy Chase, Austin Milbarge, Dan Aykroyd, Karen Boyer, Donna Dixon, and Bernie Casey as Colonel Rumbus. 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 I also threw in a test monitor. Uh, was my only wild card. The rest of them. Mr. Ruby, Mr. Keys, uh, General Sline, General Miggs. I don't care about any of them. They can be p- played by anybody. Like a bunch of directors? Like a bunch of directors. Uh, they could be, it doesn't even matter. It'd be Steven Spielberg, George Lucas. <laughs> like, <laughs> <That'd be awesome>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wes Anderson's yeah, in there. Yeah. Chris, Christopher Nolan <laughs> guarding the uh, gate at the uh, <laughs> drive-in. Yeah. So I have, I mean, this is the way I did it. I'd like to offer a suggestion on this. Do it in pairs. Uh, I can make mine work that way if I need to. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the way I cast it was kind of thinking about it in pairs, but if you prefer to go by character, I can do that. Um, I don't care. Um, but pairs or trios? Well, I guess it's trio. Yeah, I mean, I considered that I considered that for the Karen Boyer character. Because mine are largely... Mine are not made for pairs. That's a, I Got didn't it. think about that. Okay. So, whatever. First, I want to think about... This I, I thought of just today, so I didn't prep you guys on it, but it doesn't take much prep. I want to recast the Soviet Union. It's funny you say that because I thought about it from that perspective. So I think the can- Although they're coming back around. The candidates are, right, China. Yeah. North Korea. Yeah. Iran. Yeah. And I thought, well... It could just be Russia. I mean, Russia is also coming back they're, around. They're, they're coming they're back around. There. They're like an old fan favorite. They did this keeps, 10 years ago. It might, right, right. Russia might not have been on there, but, you know. Do we want this to still be Russia or the Soviet Union, or should it be like North Korea or something? In our recasted movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it... I would, yeah, go ahead, if we If we change it, then yeah, that would have that would have definitely affected my casting. Well, like if we say we were doing China or North Korea, that definitely would definitely would have changed my casting because there was people that I wanted to cast. It would change your casting of the American parts. Yeah, it would. Yeah, of because of of uh, a spy in that country. Yeah. Oh, of, well, yeah. Okay. Of the spies. Well then. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. okay. I I thought about that and have an option for a different country. Oh my god! See, I didn't uh, fully flesh this out. <laughs> <laughs> it was not well thought through. All right, well, let's do this one by one. Okay, and then on your second pass yeah. you know on your austin millbarge you can say i picked this person to go with this yeah. this fitzhume yeah you know okay emmett fitzhume chevy chase uh i had oh see that i have a problem at number three <laughs> um i'll just i'll just say it uh so i have at number th- i have three options but i really have four number three is a tie because you're just sneaking in four i kind of am <laughs> i, I kind of am and i think this is i'm flipping a coin this this duo could be either wh- whoever wins this this battle royal or th- this battle between these two people whoever wins this final spot could either be Emmett Fitzhume or austin Milbarge. Uh, flip a coin, either one. Got it. It's, a, it's very complicated. Wow. Uh, it's Bill Hader slash Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. I had Sudeikis as my Austin Milbarge, and I'm like, oh, he can actually do the Fitzhume part. And I put, I'm like, oh, Bill Hader, that'd be good. I'm like, oh, does he fit? Yeah. Which one does he fit? So yeah. they're both sort of either one. Yeah, I had Jason Sudeikis on my Sudeikis, I think, is my number one is yeah. Milbarge, but so I blew that for myself, so fine. Uh, but my two winners for uh, the uh, Emmett Fitzhume were Joel McHale. Oh, that's good. Who played Chevy Chase 
in the movie uh, Feudal and Stupid Gesture on yeah. Netflix about the yeah. National Lampoon. Yeah. So Joel McHale, I think that'd be, I think he. That's actually pretty good. He might I be. Didn't, my, that's I, didn't, really, I like that one. He's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other one I had, it's sort of an easy go-to was Ryan Reynolds. I think he, oh, yeah. he hits it. Yeah. That's a, a layup. Yeah. But uh, Joel McHale, I think is my number one. Yep. For it's you, even though I butchered the Sudeikis part. Uh, Eric, let's go with your Emmett Fitzgerald. All right, I I also had three. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of actors that were sort of like like fast talking yeah. womanizer or could play that type of character. So I had three. Um, two of them were set already. My number three is uh, John Hamm. Mm. Oh, that's really good. And then I also had, I also had Ryan Reynolds as my number two, and my number one was Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, <clears throat> I had him as my uh, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, uh, and then I, I switched. So <clears throat> for me, again, I I thought about it in pairs. So I don't know if we want to go like I do this kind of in pairs. Fine, we're going to do Austin Milbarge, and then you guys can do your do your Chevy, then do your Dan Aykroyd. So I kind of played around with this a little bit and ended up with four pairs that I'm really struggling to rank. So I had Jason Sudeikis and Maya Rudolph together as Emmett Fitzhume and Austin Milbarge. Um, I had Beck Bennett and Mikey Day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who's who? Um, I had uh, Beck Bennett as Emmett Fitzhume. Yeah. And okay. Mikey Day as Austin Milbarge. Okay. I had... Kate McKinnon and Melissa Villasenor together to you do. Went, you leaned hard into the SNL. I did. I yeah. did. All right. Um, but I'm tr- again, it's about the chemistry of the people together. The one that I kind of like a lot is Anna Kendrick as the Emmett Fitzhugh, the, the, wow. that character. Okay. With Bowen Yang as the Austin Milbarge character. That's a whole different movie. It's a different movie. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think about a different country. So like, right, where, right, right, right. so I was thinking about if China were, was the country or North Korea or whatever. And I'm, this is going to sound terrible because I don't know what his um, ethnic background is, but the, being well, that he's of Asian descent, yeah. that, um, that could work for like a different, right. um, movie. Right. That's interesting. Uh, okay. I already blew my Austin Milbarge was Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Bill Hader can do that one, but whatever. My other two were Jake Johnson from oh, New good. Girl. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's good. And then I thought this is a perfect spot for podcast regular Charlie Day mm. to slide into a Austin Milbarge. That's good. That's good. I like Jake Johnson for that. Yeah. Eric, 
Who's your uh, Dan Aykroyd replacement? Um, so for this one, yeah, I was gonna, I was trying to think of um, more of like nerdy type characters that could like the fast talking sort of spot out some like geek speak kind of actor. Um, I thought of both Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Oh, uh, wow. them together would be, a, that's a good duo just for the both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, Jason Schwartzman. Those were my three. <laughs> that's good too. Like that's that. really good. Yeah. Oh, that works. That totally works. I do like John Hamm, like for the Emmett Fitzhugh. I'm trying to think of yeah. who he would be paired up with. Um, that was a really good suggestion. Okay. Karen Boyer. Yeah. Now, Donna Dixon. Yeah. Uh, she was cast for specific reasons. Yeah, well, of course. Um the world only knows her for this movie and Bosom Buddies, right? And Wayne's World. world. <laughs> she worked in the Donut oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was Garth's dream girl. Right, right, right. I forgot that was her. <gasps> dream Weaver. So, no. Oh, she's Foxy Lady. <laughs> Foxy Lady. <laughs> she, uh, so I was trying to figure out who she is today and I could only put together a combination of Margot Robbie and Gal Gadot. Yeah. Like if you melded them together, that's Donna Dixon roundabout. So two of mine are Gal Gadot and Margot yeah, Robbie. Yeah, I have Margot Robbie on my list. Uh, my winner yeah. is, I like better uh, just because it's not as obvious is Elizabeth Debicki from Tenet. Oh. Right. From uh, Man From U.N.C.L.E. Yeah. I had thought about her for a little bit. So she is six foot three. Really? She's that tall? (gasps) Hence, she works with my Joel McHale as Chevy Chase (laughs) character. (laughs) So like, oh, that even actually worked. Wow, I had no idea. I had no idea she was at all. Whoa, she is all just angles and wow, wrists and neck wow. and ankles. She's just an angular good for her giant. Um, so yeah, that's that's my uh, Karen Boyer. So I had to go with my two female spies. I had Taryn Edgerton doing the um, uh, spy undercover as the doctor. So he's playing that part for them. I had also had Margot Robbie, but I had Felicity Jones and Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne comes up a lot for us. I know. Rose, Rose Byrne will be good. But she would be, I think she would be fantastic. It's good. I mean, I went through all these names and the more I think about it, this is a straight part. There, she yeah, doesn't have any right, jokes at all. Right. 
Yeah, there's. Uh, it's yeah, it's pretty generic. It's could almost be anybody. Yeah, I mean, Just put anybody in there it doesn't really matter. He's the straight man, though. Oh yeah, of in course. comedy, so that's why I liked it. I like the. Um. Yeah, I like everything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Eric. Um. Yeah, I I did sort of have a little bit of a hard time with this one trying because it was it's sort of a generic part, but um, I thought uh, my number three, and I'm not too excited about Scarlett Johansson, um, Jessica Chastain maybe, and then my number one was uh, Rosamund Pike. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Eric's got no budget on this movie. <laughs> nope. He's blown it already. Uh, okay, Bernie Casey. Yeah. Um, if not, we don't all have the same one person on this list, I'd be shocked. Well, okay. So while it does, it's not reflected in my other choices, uh, I did try to go off of – go outside of uh, the current casting mix of whether it was race or gender or whatever. Um, This one, I said, fuck it, no way. I'm going with a black actor because he's the only black guy in the entire, he's the only non-white person in the entire movie except for the uh, locals in uh, uh, Kazakhstan or wherever they're there. Um, So my number three was Harry Lennox. He is the actor uh, who was the general in uh, uh, the Snyder Cut. Uh, he's uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was in he, uh, the he was, Matrix he was movies, the or whatever. Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter, right? Yeah. Uh, too old, but fine. Number three, great. Yep. Um, number two was Idris Elba. Right, uh, that's the one I said better be on it. That was an easy list. one. That yeah. was the first one that came to mind. Yeah, he was. He was on my list. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, I had so Idris was my number one until I thought of this name, and then I immediately changed. Uh, Terry Crews. Oh, Terry Crews. <laughs> Terry Crews nails it. Oh my god, that's good. That's good. Oh my god. Yeah. But, so, so I mean, before you start looking for, uh. Black actor over 40 to play this type of role. Uh, there's not that many guys out there. I mean, that I know. Uh, um, I found it tough. And you start thinking Samuel Jackson. Well, he's like 62 yeah. or whatever he is. Yeah. I, I, I have Jamie Foxx and I've got Denzel as possibilities. But I also included somebody else that would be... Um, would deliver the line about I had to do the character evaluations and the response, well, what did it say? Pussies. (laughs) Michael Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) I had him in my world here somewhere. So I, I, like I, again, when I do a lot of casting, I think about certain lines and who's going to deliver it. And so I, I I liked him delivering that line. I thought about it at the beginning when he first meets them, and he's like, 
Well, you could have taken any number of different uh, uh, tactical combat, uh, right. uh, you know, whatever. And he just kicks ass left and right. I'm like, I want Terry Crews to right. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the little sound effect that they use when he salutes. It's so good. And I noticed that they even when they ran it in the credits and they shot that, they still put the yeah. swoosh in there yes. during the it's credits. It's so good. It's so good. Eric, who did you have? Who do you got? So I did have Idris Elba. Um, Samuel L. Jackson was on my list, even though he probably is too old. Actually, I think he's actually in his early 70s now. We're pretty darn close. Um, I thought maybe Wesley Snipes, especially with the, uh, if he's going to beat up the ninjas. Oh, that's good. and then another choice that I had that is a little is different from what um, we the rest we've been picking up to this point, but I still think it would work for this part would be The Rock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big giant muscle. It's basically Terry Crews. Yeah, white. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know they, they are the same type yeah. of guy. Yeah. All right, test monitor. Yeah, which that's what it's called in the cast. I know. Episode. Frank Oz. I had I think a, his name on the board is Mr. Walters. Oh wow, I didn't. Even, I saw that too. Yeah, it's Mr. Walters. Um, I had a tough time casting this guy, so I was trying to like go for Frank Oz in this. First of all, in this movie, Frank Oz is forty-one years old. So you're not casting someone who's 58 or whatever. It's a a nerdy, slender 40-year-old or whatever. Uh, So I had a real trouble. And then I said, fuck it. I'm not not casting to any sort of type. I don't care about age. I don't care about gender. I don't care whatever. I'm just going to my go-to. And I put Tilda Swinton. <laughs> she better be like in the third, the middle third quadrant, and perfectly centered, like Wes Anderson right. would shoot it. Right. Um, <laughs> it's the only only name I have down. Uh, oh my god! I almost I had, actually had multiple. I had multiple for this one. <laughs> I write down uh, Michael Shannon as a possibility for this, oh, yeah. but uh, no, uh, Tilda, and I'm done. So I had. Um, so I look up character when there's something like this, I look up character actors and there were a number that I came up with. Um, one is Dennis O'Hare. Yeah. Um, he was the immigration agent in the proposal. He's been like Uh, a a thousand uh, things. He's been in a, a thousand movies. Okay. If you saw him, you would you would recognize him. Okay. Number two, taking on the no, the no nonsense person. I've got Allison Janney. Mm, yeah, sure. I love recasting this. I know. Ridiculous. I know. There's a there's a female character actor. Um, uh, CCH Pounder, who yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. I, I like her facing like being this the irritated um, straight man against yeah. whatever nonsense is happening in the testing room. 
But then the one that is closest to the Frank Oz is Stephen Tobolowski, Ned Ryerson. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sitting here thinking about it, I'll throw in. But it doesn't matter. I know. It, it, doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, sitting here thinking about it, I'll throw in one name too that I would like in that part. But to be perfectly clear, I keep Frank Oz there no matter what. <laughs> I think like he can still answer. be. I think that's he can be. There's no reason why he can't still be doing that same job 30 years later. No, so it's well, totally before fine. Before you get to your group, um, watching this and. and you see cameos from him now and then from yeah. 80s movies or even 90s, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know why he wasn't in more movies uh, as himself, or, uh, as an actor, uh, as opposed to a voice or whatever. Well, uh, he's he's always like an, almost like an extra. Like, it's always like a, a two-minute scene at best. Like, there's... He doesn't have a lot of lines other than... And, yeah, I, he should I be in every movie. I agree. He's kind of like the Ben Stein. Like it's kind of the same thing. Like he's got this. I feel like he's got like this other. He should be in every movie. Um, role, but he's very distinctive and he's good. Like it's 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 always a character that's like, oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, when I was, but it's a straight man character. Yeah, always. of course. When I was coming up with this, the, this list that I. I couldn't come up with names, but I considered forget everything and just go with, just cast the mustache. <laughs> and then I had a whole list of people you can imagine up for oh that, God. but not Tilda though, right? Tilda. No. Okay. So yeah. Eric. Uh, the one other name, a character actor that I would throw into that part that I think would be good is uh, Richard Jenkins. Oh yeah. Who is that? He was, um, let's see, he was John C. Riley's dad and stepbrothers. That's what I was going to say, yeah. He is good. I definitely had him on my short list as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a good stand Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's sort of a, like, he's Frank Oz's uh, uh, stunt actor, stunt replacement guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you guys have any other uh, wild cards? I only have. I have one. I I made one pair of the KGB agents. Oh, perfect. Um, Alexander Skarsgård and Sebastian Stan. <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> oh my god hilarious <laughs> oh that's funny my god Alexander Skarsgård definitely works it's hilarious oh my god that's funny <laughs> alright good one alright uh, favorite quotes oh my god and memorable scenes, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. Doctor. 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 <laughs> 
These are our newly arrived surgeons, Doctors Trowbridge and Greenbaum. Doctor? 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 And Doctor. Well, we miss anyone? I like the when they. When Chevy Chase calls them collect <laughs> on the phone, and like, did they tell you that over an open phone line? Yeah. Like, no, the AT&T operator told our <laughs> operator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the show some balls, man. I think it's a little too late to impress them. That's a that's a that's a perfect Chevy Chase yeah. little throwaway. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Um, <laughs> I laughed at it twice. Both the first night we watched the movie and the second night I had wow. to rewatch it, okay. which is, hey, what's this? You don't want it. And he oh, like, yeah. tosses the grenade, the grenade in yeah. like a real casual way. It's so Your quote is, is the toss. It's yes. You're you're, you're seeing Although the toss. I do like yeah. the you don't want it. Yeah, yeah. And then he just stands up casually, like perfectly perky and straight up, and then just kind of flicks it over and it perfectly lands in the box of when they're grenade. pretending to be aliens and Dan Arcroyd <laughs> jumps away and then Chevy Chase does the short arm <laughs> arms up in the in the in the of fur. Course. And it looks yeah. like they're curved. Yeah. He's just like <laughs> yeah, like a scarecrow. Yeah. Yes, that is definitely on my list. Yeah. Uh, I oh, Eric, uh, I also watched the movie. Tw- <laughs> I ended up watching the movie twice. I laughed both times God. at when uh, Dan Aykroyd tells Chevy Chase to get a rock and <laughs> smash the the ink the device. He's like, "Wait, bring it here, not the rock." The rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So good. Of course, and this was said on every playground and every junior high school hallway for many years after this, which is, hey, what's that? Oh, it's a dick fur. What's, what's a dick, dick fur? fur? Yeah. To pee with. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. That's a good one. Um, also, I do like the surgical scene where <laughs> we mock what we don't understand is so yeah them playing that off having no idea what's going on him bending down to look at the book underneath the surgical table and as he bends on under the table (laughs) chevy chase leans in (laughs) very closely at the patient and then they simultaneously come back up is fantastic i always found it funny that Dan Aykroyd's character doesn't know where the appendix is. Yeah. He's supposed to be this book nerd or whatever. You know, this, I guess he's a, just a tech guy, right? Yeah. I mean, but uh, he almost cuts into his sternum as yeah. opposed to <laughs> down in his stomach. But I like everybody yeah. like shaking their heads yeah. in unison and then nodding in unison when he gets to the right place. Doctor, the other thing, and it is classic Chevy Chase, and he does it better than anybody I've ever seen, which is pretending that the microphones don't work. Oh, no. That was the first time I saw that trick. That, in this movie, stands out. It is fantastic what he pulls off there. It's great. 
Uh, also, I, another bit that I like that Chevy Chase does is at the end when he's supposed to be like the circuit bridge and he's holding the two wires, he's getting electrocuted. And Dan Aykroyd's trying to explain what he wants and he's not getting it. He can't think of it. And Chevy Chase is trying to... Yeah. Trying to help and at the same time losing his mind because he's getting <laughs> shot. <laughs> so, honestly, with all these scenes and all these lines and the delivery and everything, uh, could you have seen anybody else play these parts? Then? Yeah. No, not then. Yeah. Could this have been a Steve Martin, Martin Short movie. I, no, I don't think so. At least in terms of the types of jokes and delivery, I think it would have had to be a different yeah. level of sophistication, I think, for... Yeah, no, I mean, I think it, it feels, and it obviously was, tailor-made for these guys. Yeah. 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 Maybe Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. Oh. I know. Oh. And that's... Oh, that's, that's, that's kind actually of good. what those two characters are, right? I right. Mean, yeah. It, it's, I mean, they, they kind of made that movie. It was called Stripes. Right. But yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Both those characters line up with those other characters in Stripes. That's a good one. Hmm. That's really good, Eric. Okay. Uh, what would you want to see in a sequel if there isn't one already? There isn't one. And I want to, I am shocked there wasn't a sequel. Looking at it now, we can tell why it didn't make a lot of money and it wasn't well-reviewed. But uh, couldn't you see at the end, you know, uh, the two agents and their girlfriends, couldn't you see them on some other new trip, some other new um spy or diplomacy situation where they're they're in some other country doing some other uh, thing yeah i well i don't see it with the women i see it it's just those two no i think it's going to be like james bond (laughs) where it's like different girl like different women in each movie for those two Yes. Especially like in Chevy Chase's yeah, case. Yeah, like it's not it's not gonna be four people going on the same mission all the time. I was almost imagining it like a uh like a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanna see a sequel and I think there's any number of scenarios you can create where they're in whatever country trying to right. get whatever MacGuffin to do whatever thing. Totally. That that makes sense, and I, it would be kind of a funny. I, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily advocating for any more reboots of movies, but like I could see this being. No, this could work. Yeah, I mean, this might be a Netflix movie or something. Yeah, but yeah, totally. <clears throat> All right, uh, the how much are they worth game? And now, let's play the How Much Are They Worth game. We've got Frank Oz, Bernie Casey, Donna Dixon, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase. Oh, Frank Oz? Whoa. We had five. 
Okay. Five spots. He makes it. So Frankie Oz is the oh, first one. That's really hard. Muppet, Muppet money. He's got Muppet movie or Muppet money movie. Jim Muppet Henson. Movie. Yoda. Right. Okay, so I have no idea. With the heyday of the Muppets being in the seventies and let's say early eighties, I guess, right? Uh, I can't do the math on that conversion of what what it could have been financially, but also it, they're fucking Muppets. It's not like they were <laughs> in like big giant movies. All the Dark Crystal, Little Shop of Horrors, Muppet, Star Wars. He was in Knives Out. Yeah, he was the uh, the estate attorney. Yeah. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. He directed like the score oh, and Bowfinger. He did direct Labyrinth, Blues Brothers. He was in, of course. I think he directed the remake of Trading uh, Places. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I think he directed the remake of the Stepford Wives, even. That's why he's not acting in these movies. He's directing and doing other stuff. Wow. All right, Frank Oz. I think I have a number. I have a number, too. Um, oh, wow. I, I have a number. I don't like it. Uh, Eric, what's your number? I will say forty million. Oh, that's exactly what I had. I was gonna say fifty, but I said twenty-nine. Oh, Frank Oz has a net worth of eighty million. Wow, eighty ah, million. Good for him. You guys tie. Wow. I was gonna say fifty. Damn it! That was too high. Too high. It's gonna go up. Muppet, the, the Muppet Show is now on Disney Plus. So we'll get some residuals for yeah. that. Wow. All right, uh, Bernie Casey. That's a. Uh... Bill and Ted's Never Say Never Again, Revenge <laughs> of the Nerds. Under Siege. Oh, oh, that's right. Bill and Ted's. Eight hours. Okay. Lots of TV stuff. Okay. Sharky's Machine. <laughs> Sharky's Machine. Uh, wow. Under Siege. Casino Royale. Not that one. It's got Daniel Craig. Is it the video game again? It doesn't say, dude. I'm going to get you, sucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, totally. where he made the money. Batman Beyond. Lots of TV series. Tomcats. Okay. They, oh. right, I've got a number. Is he still alive? 
You know, he's yeah. He died in oh, 2017. Yeah. I've got a number. Um, I have a number. I've got one. I say 21. I wrote down 20. I say eight. Oh. Well, let's see. Bernie Casey, wow, has a net or had a net worth of $2 million wow. at the time of his death. Aw, that base. Eric gets that one. Um, he was a wide receiver who played for Columbia East High School and played uh, college football at Bowling Green. Nice. Uh, yeah, wow, okay. Um, Donna, Dixon. Donna Dixon. I have she's so she's married to Dan Aykroyd. Currently married, yep. Still. <clears throat> I'm wondering if it's gonna be the same. It'll be interesting. Oh right. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I. This is the first time we've had this, so I don't know. I don't know how this site does It'll it. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Is it individual or is it? Do they combine? Was she a regularly share? recurring character on the nanny? I've never seen the nanny, so I don't know. She also appears to have been in a bunch of Eastern European titles. Well, she was a model before Bosom Buddies, or maybe even during Bosom Buddies. Doesn't look like she's had any, really had any acting credits in a long time. Yeah. Oh, gosh. She was in the Twilight Zone in 2020. So, yeah, if this is a big number, then it's clearly going off of... Yeah. She was in the Knicks... Nixon movie? I don't remember that. Wayne's World. <laughs> In Wayne's World, she's credited credited as Dream Woman. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It is why I sang that song, but Eric, you are correct. She was a foxy lady. Yeah, uh, he would imagine. He imagined whenever he looked at her, it was Dream uh, Dreamweaver. But then mm-hmm. when he was Thinking about talking to her, that's when he did Foxy Lady. Well, Dreamweaver was the um, Tia Carrera. Oh, yeah, it was. Okay, Donna Dixon. I got to think about this. I know. I'm trying to figure out, do I just go with what I think she was at, or do I try to incorporate anything from Dan Aykroyd? I, uh, I'm just, I'm going to say, I'm going to go off of just what I think her worth is. So. Kind of like on a scale of one to 10, if, if she was a three and uh, he was a eight, would you say eight? Would you say three or would you say five in the middle would be safe? 
right? You know, I don't know. Uh, fuck it. I've got a number. I have a number. Eric, what's your number? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's just her, and I'm gonna go with three. I three million. I guess I said it was just her. I don't know. I said eleven. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I wrote down five just for her, but I think the system's gonna say twenty-five. So what's your number? I'm going to say 25. 25. Uh, Donna Dixon is an American actress who has a net worth of $5 million. Son of a... Yeah. I actually said it. All right, that's fine. Eric gets that one. Damn. You're on a roll, man. Should have stuck with my original thing. Dang it. Yeah, you would have had double points on that one. No. Dan Aykroyd. I mean, that does answer our question that we've asked, although it really doesn't explain the Matthew Broderick, uh, Jennifer, well, uh, Jessica, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. We haven't had her yet, though. Yeah, I, there was something. Maybe it wasn't him. I'm trying to remember. There was somebody that was married, maybe. and their numbers were way off. <clears throat> I don't. I don't think we've had a married couple in the same game. Not in the same game. No. Yeah. Uh, Ackroyd by himself, apparently. I'm still iffy on if that's even the case. If he's what they're going to do. Yeah. All right. So we're doing Dan Ackroyd. Mm-hmm. Does he, did he have any ownership of House of Blues? I believe so. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. And anything with the name Ghostbusters on it, he has a piece of it. Okay, he's got kind of just talking movies. Blues Brothers, Ghostbusters, Trading Places, Coneheads, Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Whatever that is. Nothing but trouble. Blues Brothers 2000, The Great Outdoors. My Girl, Tommy oh, yeah. Boy. <laughs> Spies Like Us, Get On Up. Oh, that's right. He was in Get On Up. Tommy Boy. 51st Dates, Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, he got like a lot of good kudos on that. He, My he Girl was nominated, too. I think. Yeah. Yeah, he got nominated for that. He was in Tammy. <laughs> Detroit, uh, Dr. Detroit, yep. he said. Ghost heads. <laughs> Combination of cone heads and Ghostbusters? Yeah. Good God. Uh, Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Ants. Dragnet. Dragnet. Gross point blank. Wow. Chaplin. Wow. There's a lot here. And then, did he also have that skull vodka? Yep. Oh, my God. I forget what it's called. I was going to look it up, but I, I didn't. Oh, all right. I'm going to write down a ridiculous number. Well, I have a number. 
I might have Scorsese'd myself here, but I have a number. Uh, I have eighty-six million. <laughs> I have two twenty-five. See, I I thought I went low. Uh, Eric, uh, ninety. I was flirting with a little over a hundred, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna undercut it because uh, a lot of his stuff, acting wise, is small like he's parts. He's got a crap ton of merchandising. He's got a lot of that stuff. I think he's got the oh, <laughs> sorry. Wow, Dan Aykroyd is a Canadian comedian, actor, screenwriter, and entrepreneur. <laughs> Let's go vodka. Uh, it was a net worth of $200 million. Woo! Yeah. Thanks, Coop. High five. High five. All right. No barks. Make him shut up. Oh, yeah. I just remembered Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. What? Where were... Uh, yeah, at the very beginning, he's the guy that puts puts them on the the... Chicken cargo plane. Oh, that's right. <laughs> sure, he raked it in for that one. All right. Chevy Chase. Not a real <sighs> name. Chevy Chase. <sighs> Community was like big. Vacation, Fletch. Yeah. Caddyshack, Three Amigos, Funny Farm. Three Amigos, also with John Landis. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hot Tub Time Machine. The Very Excellent Dundee. Whoa. Or. <laughs> Very excellent, Mr. Dundee. And uh-huh. it has got... That's in 2020. What yeah. is this movie? Is that the Crocodile Dundee guy? Holy shit. Is it? It is. Oh, God. And Chevy Chase is in it. Well, that and they're all oldies. Paul Hogan. All right. You're making Sorry. me sad. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, I've got a number. I have a number. Eric, what's your number? I have a number. <clears throat> what do you got? I will say 60 million. I've got 44. I've got 90. Oh, my God. 60, 90. I almost went. I feel like he's got a take on Christmas vacation, and that's. I almost went thir- like, like in the 30s. I feel like community got some money. Chevy Chase is an American writer, comedian, film, and television actor who has a net worth of 50 million. Hmm. I take that one. Wow. Eric wins three to two to one. Wow. Dang. Could have like, 
I could have won. Stick with your guts. When you look at Chevy Chase's IMDb, it's amazing how much, how little he's in, how little he's, he he doesn't have a big career. He did have a big career, but the longer it goes, I don't mean old age stuff, but I mean, after, I don't know, 89 he he didn't do anything i think i'm didn't he just develop a a a reputation of being difficult to work with yeah 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 that he's just like the biggest jerk on the planet national lampoon's christmas vacation was 1989 he did nothing but trouble with Aykroyd. A movie I saw a couple times on HBO or something, and it's a horrendous movie. Um, he doesn't have much after that. Vegas Vacation was '97. Yeah. So that's nine years later. I mean, then the a bunch recent, of nothing. Yeah, the that. most recent is Community. Yeah, of course. he did the TV show. And he's got a. Whole, and that did not end well. No, he his reputation became public with that. He did it. I mean, according to the documentary and the the movie, um, he did a shit ton of cocaine. So who who knows how much of the money that ate? But dude, Chevy Chase did fine. But you always think of him as a big star, and he kind of kind of wasn't. He he's been riding the coattail of Saturday Night Live for fifty years. Yeah. Yep. All right. Final thoughts on Spies Like Us. Uh, it holds up. It's awesome. It's funny. It's better than the critics and the audience uh, rank it or rate it. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely become underrated at this point. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Again, like the same points are or the same things that were funny then are funny now. Yeah. The, um, and it's a lot of like understated delivery. That's funny. Like it's not, I mean, a a handful of things are kind of a a bit over the top, but it's, it's a lot of like under the breath comments and subtle things that make it funny and a handful of visuals. It threads the needle of that eighties comedy that, uh, you know, that Stripes was getting at and that Ghostbusters got to, it's right in those, in that sweet spot. It's just not as well known and not as, not as well liked, but uh, it's right up there. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. It's really good. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. All right. Um, Great. Okay. Okay.